Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi, my name is David Hicks and I work with Adventist Frontier Missions. I've been a missionary in Papua New Guinea for three years. My story is, step by step, God led us. It's the experience that actually was a very difficult one for us, one that required that we bring reconciliation to our village. Our hearts didn't throb with excitement as we took off from Chicago, bound for Papua New Guinea, in January of 2019. Our return from furlough was not what we had dreamed it would be. In our absence, feelings of ill will had erupted against us. Word had reached us that when we returned, someone would put an end to us. This had caused the evacuation of the Lawrence family from May River. Our plans to return became delayed as we saw answers. A group of pastors from the local Sibik mission were sent to investigate. It was discovered that a cultural misunderstanding had occurred a few months earlier when we had not given a ride to a teenage boy when we didn't have another life jacket for him to wear. Our cultural worldviews had viewed this refusal of a 150-mile canoe ride differently. In our Western view, we had simply enforced the canoe rule, which mandated that all passengers have a life jacket for safety. The reprisal to us would be a quick death by machete if our passenger were to drown during a canoe accident. However, the local PNG view was very different to our own. The village interpreted the refusal as a personal rejection of their family member and an insult to the clan. Furthermore, it is expected in their view that missionary canoes take any passenger anytime, no matter the risk. Had not the missionaries come to serve them? We were now stuck between a cultural rock and a hard place, and we didn't even know it until about eight months later. We want to thank God for the Sepik Mission pastors who advised us how to make peace with our May River villages. With their guidance, we set up plans for a reconciliation feast to be held in the churchyard near our home at May River. We were responsible to coordinate a feast for three to four hundred people from nine clans, while located halfway around the world. This is no small task, especially when the feast must be ready within 18 hours of our arrival. Can someone say stress? Our comfort came from Bible promises like this one. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Psalms 23 verse 5. Unknown to us, as we sat in our airline seats bound for a scary reception in P&G, God was already working things out ahead of us. The following is our testimony of how God took our hand and led us step by step from beginning to end. We started our journey with turmoil in our hearts and we came back home safely and in peace. Let God be praised. Three weeks earlier, as we were booking our tickets, we were in the final stages of purchase when our tickets suddenly increased in price by $1,500, prompting us to immediately abandon the purchase in alarm. Unknowingly, this became God's leading number one. 
Upon further research, we found another flight with the original lower price, but it had a return flight two days later than before. We could have come back to Chicago on the day of the record-breaking Arctic cold, a minus 60 degree wind chill and snow. We would have been stuck at the airport for two days because the roads were hazardous and the public bus services had stopped running. Two weeks earlier, Edie had been in Bering Springs, Michigan, and while driving, an impression came to her mind that we needed to abandon our normal travel plans in P&G. Instead of hiring a public truck and a motor canoe to take us from Weewak to our village, she felt, for our safety, we needed to charter the Avenus Aviation Airplane instead. In the very same hour, I was given a similar impression. While praying with a friend, that we needed to ask AFM to send someone to accompany us as a witness of the reconciliation feast. This would necessitate hiring the Avenus Aviation Airplane to cut out three days of extra travel on the river for our guest. This double impression within the same hour convinced us that God was talking to us. We decided to act on it right away. This was God's leading number two. Hours earlier, we had been emailing the pilot of Avenus Aviation Services to set up the upcoming charter flight after we arrived in PNG. We needed to know what the price would be. He was willing to rearrange his schedule to accommodate our needs, but he obviously didn't know who we were because he was quoting us full price. We normally get a missionary rate, which is much easier on the budget. We had no choice but to pray and ask for God's intervention because the price was out of our hands. In fact, when we left Chicago on our way to P&G, we still didn't have a cheaper rate. But while we were in the air, God was working things out in our favor. After a reference check, our quote was changed to say we would pay for the cost of fuel only. What a huge price break for us. Thank you, Avenus Aviation Services. God's leading number three. After our arrival at the Port Moresby Airport in Papua New Guinea's capital, Steve Erickson of the Gogandala Project volunteered to take one week from his busy schedule and go with us to the Reconciliation Feast. His presence brought comfort and strength. The local people respected him a lot, and so we're very thankful that he came to witness what God did for us. Thank you, Steve. God's leading number four. When we went to the Sebik Mission headquarters in Weewak, we were not confident that we would find anyone there. In past years, the mission leaders had been on vacation during the first week after New Year's. But to our surprise, as we walked in the gate, Pastor Martin Sungu, the Sebik Mission Secretary, the very person we were hoping to find, walked out and greeted us warmly. After a brief meeting together, he offered to accompany us to the Reconciliation Feast. Pastor Sungu is a man of authority, and everyone at May River Church respects him. Having him manage the Reconciliation Ceremony was a huge relief for us. God's Leading Number 5 Pastor Sungu's first act was to send a message to Pastor Levi of the May River area to immediately start a week-long series of night meetings to prepare the villagers for the Reconciliation Feast. 
He also set the date and time for the reconciliation ceremony, which would be 18 hours after our, our arrival at May River. We never dreamed of sending a pastor to soften the people's hearts before our arrival, but God did. That's God's leading number six. The reconciliation ceremony started with a prayer and a Bible message about reconciliation. Afterward, our canoe crew and six clan heads, each in turn, as directed by Pastor Sunku, came forward and briefly mentioned something that they had done against us, spoken against us, or felt that we had done wrong towards them. This included the clan of the offended passenger. They didn't scream threats at us or do anything to shame us like we had feared. Instead, they said that they were sorry and asked to be forgiven. In fact, we were astonished by this. Well, this is not what we expected at all. We accepted their apology and forgave them. Then we shook hands with them and prayed with them. This happened seven times. And this is God's leading number seven. Afterwards, Pastor Sungu gave a speech praising AFM and us by remembering the positive things we had done and accomplished at May River. Then I was asked to speak. I did my best to explain why we had not been able to give the boy a ride. Then Edie and I said that we were sorry about the cultural misunderstanding. Following all that, I told them I had another big apology to make. I explained how AFM had a need to start a new mission project in Africa in an area that spoke Edie's language. I went on to say how sorry I was to have chosen to work in Mozambique where we felt needed rather than return to May River where we were being threatened with death. Then I cried and everyone could see how sorry I was. We ended the ceremony by standing in a circle, holding hands, while I prayed a blessing upon all the children and the church leaders of the community. I prayed that by eating together, we would signify our reconciliation and have blessings instead of curses in the community. Then I went and spooned rice, fish, noodles, and greens from the cooking pots of each of the nine clans onto my plate. When I sat down with my plate full of food, the reconciliation feast began. Swarms of people came forward with outstretched plates. We had supplied the clans with 18 large cooking pots. 
220 pounds of rice, 240 packages of two-minute noodles, and 150 cans of tuna. It was the largest feast we had ever seen in Papua New Guinea, and there was enough for all. That was God's leading number eight. Now that the reconciliation was complete, Pastor Sungu flew back to Wewak and peace reigned at May River. The man who was most responsible for starting the bad feelings toward us brought us cucumbers from his garden. He was showing us how sorry he was, but not all the men were as repentant. Some showed body language that was inconsistent with the sorry that their mouth had said. Their eyes were showing anger. They were very upset with us still. We realized that it would be very difficult for us to continue doing outreach in school and classes, knowing that at any moment we made some cultural mistake, they could come and kill us. We really need to pray for these people. These are backslidden Adventists. We need to pray that they have a true and complete repentance and conversion. We knew we couldn't stay. But could we leave? We were at May River during the rainy season, and it had been raining heavily at least 8 to 10 hours every night. The river was nearing flood stage. If the flood covered the airstrip, the Adventist Aviation Airplane wouldn't be able to land. To make matters more stressful, we learned that tribal fighting has broke out in the Wewak after a mass shooting. The Sebik Highway would be closed for days. Now we knew why God had impressed us to cancel our plans to travel by road. We would have missed our return flight to Chicago. God's leading number nine. Early the next morning, we said goodbye to our friends, Orion and Karen Lawrence, loaded our luggage into our canoe in the dark, sat down in the heavy rain, and traveled four hours to the airstrip. We were praying the whole way that we would find firm ground and grass enough for the airplane to land. When we got there, the water was just a few inches below the top of the riverbank. Surely, if we had waited another day to depart, we would have found the flood covering the airstrip. God's leading number 10. A few days later, as we prepared to check seven heavy bags for our return flight to Chicago, we were alarmed to learn we needed to be ready to pay over $2,000 in fees. We had not read the small print limiting us to 66 pounds total, not two bags each. Our combined luggage was overweight by 190 pounds. The ticket agent looked us at us and asked, Is all this yours? He told us to wait and he disappeared with our passports to see his supervisor. 
I didn't even have a chance to explain who we were and ask for mercy. So we prayed to God instead. When the ticket agent returned, we discovered that our fee had been modified from overweight charges to paying $114 for three extra bags instead. That was God's leading number 11. When we arrived in Chicago, the public buses were still not running because of the Arctic cold, so we couldn't go home to Bering Springs. But as divine providence would have it, an AFM worker had his flight canceled the day before, and he was being dropped off for his new flight at the same time we arrived. We didn't need to stay at an airport hotel after all. And this was the twelfth and final way that God led us on our trip. A Bible promise that really meant a lot to us was Psalms 46 verses 1 and 2. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Another verse I really like is Psalms 23 verses 4 and 5. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I sure hope that this story brings you encouragement, that no matter the, the stresses of life or even the broken relationships that you have, that God leads us step by step through reconciliation, through the feelings of fear, and brings peace. I can tell you that the peace that I received through this was beyond anything that I expected. It surprised me how I could face the people who were threatening me, threatening my life, and I could smile at them and pray for them and pray for a blessing to fall on them. And the blessing fell on me too. And the blessing was peace. So that when I came home, I was okay. If you feel missions may be the plan God has for your life, look us up online at afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. Or call 800-937-4236 for more information. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.